Welcome to Functional Medicine Unfiltered Podcast with Dr. Megan Stanga. Join us as we deep dive into the most important health issues of our time. We'll discuss what's really at the root of chronic illness and answer the questions, why can't you get better? What's really wrong with you? And why can no one figure it out? Join Dr. Stanga each week as she shares the secrets of how she's helping her patients heal chronic illness and get their lives back. Hello, everyone. This is Dr. Megan Stanga. Thank you so much for joining me for episode two. I decided to label this podcast, this episode two, with Why Are You Really Sick? And the reason that I'm saying that is because it's really the number one thing people want to know when they come in to see me is what's wrong with me? Why am I sick? Why can nobody figure it out? You know, nobody ever comes into my office like as a first stop. I'm always the last stop, right? They come to see me after they have been to everybody else. They've been to every specialist. They have seen everyone and they've done everything that they've been told to do. They've done the labs and the testing And yet nobody can find what's wrong with them. You know, they're told everything looks fine. Everything's okay. And yet these people don't feel well at all, right? They've got a list of 20 symptoms and, you know, at some point conventional medicine just kind of throws their hands up and says, you know, I don't know. It must be all in your head. You're just stressed out. It's because you're getting older. You just need to lose weight. These are the types of explanations that, people tell me they're given at the end of this long journey that they've been trying to uncover what's wrong with them. They're just kind of told like, yeah, it's just all in your head. And, you know, that's just not the case. And I can personally relate to this because if you listen to my last podcast, I really talked about my own personal journey with functional medicine and how my chronic illness. And as I went back and listened to it, like several times, through the podcast. I didn't even mean to, but a few times I referenced how, you know, people probably thought I was crazy and, you know, it probably seems like I'm crazy, but it's because that's really kind of how you start to feel when you're in a situation like that, when you're dealing with a chronic illness where you look fine on the outside, you know, you look okay on the outside, but you feel awful, you know, even to the point where, you know, I said in my podcast, I felt like, I was dying. That was the only way that I could label how I was feeling. And so clearly when you're in a position where you're saying things like that, then there is something wrong. And it's just, unfortunately, in the conventional model, it's not always easily identified. And so people always want to know, well, why is that? Right. After I go through with somebody on their report of findings and we talk about what I feel is at the root and what we need to test for, and then we test and we confirm it and they see it on, on paper one of the first questions is, well, why didn't my medical doctor test for this? And the reason is because there's a few reasons, but in conventional medicine, it's really kind of set up to look at the body, not as a whole, but in separate pieces. And that's why you go to a neurologist for your brain health and you go to, you know, you go to an endocrinologist for your thyroid and you go to these different specialists for each and every like individual system or organ. And that's where things are missed because what is never really thought about is what controls all of that, which is the immune system. Like in the end, so I'll go ahead and answer the question for you. You know, I started this podcast by saying, so what is really wrong with me? It's your immune system. Your immune system isn't functioning properly. That is what is at the root of the issue. 
period, end of story. Your heart issue, it's your immune system. The allergies you have, it's your immune system. Your thyroid problem, it's your immune system that's at the root of it. Cancer, it's the immune system. Your liver enzymes being elevated, your cholesterol, the inflammatory responses, the autoimmune responses, it's all the immune system. That is what's at the root of all of these things. And so when you get into the mode of just treating symptoms, treating lab work, then you never really address the issue because you're not actually getting to the root cause. And because conventional medicine really isn't set up that way, they're set up in a way to number one, diagnose and give a pharmaceutical solution. But then also it really is this kind of separate pieces approach. And so that's when people end up going to all these different doctors and they can't figure it out. They can't get it straight. The other thing is that a lot of the things that I see with patients, for instance, Lyme disease, Lyme is something that I treat very often. And that's something that we'll get into in future podcasts where I'll, I really spend a lot more time talking about Lyme and Lyme testing and what Lyme looks like and all of these things, because it really is such a common thing that I see and help people with. But when you're dealing with something like Lyme, Lyme affects all of the body systems. With Lyme, you can have neurological symptoms. You can have urinary symptoms. You can have cardiovascular symptoms like heart palpitations and chest pain. You can certainly have musculoskeletal issues. Very commonly, we're going to see things like muscle pain and joint pain. You can have really intense, like for instance, foot pain that'll send you to a podiatrist or, or give you a plantar fasciitis diagnosis. You can see eye issues like uveitis. And so then you go to an ophthalmologist and you're told all of these things and you can have elevated liver enzymes. It affects so many different systems. It, your neurological symptoms are affected with Lyme. So you end up going to see a neurologist. And so again, with one pathogen, it's affecting your entire body, all different sorts of areas. And so if you're just focused on the individual area, you're going to miss what's really at the root, which is in the ending immune system. So then we get into this like symptom managing mode and you can manage symptoms with conventional treatments and with holistic treatments. And so that's another thing that I see a lot of is, you know, people come to me who have maybe been to, you know, lots of other holistic doctors, alternative medicine. And I know, cause I used to do this too. It's easy to even symptom manage holistically, right? So somebody comes in with all of these different symptoms. And so now we're doing detoxes for the liver and we're taking supplements to decrease inflammation. We're taking supplements to increase the immune system. And we're doing therapies to balance the brain. And all of those are like a more natural way to approach the issue. But yet still, even that sort of an approach isn't really fully addressing the root cause. It's just allowing you to manage the symptoms in a more like natural, holistic way. You know, autoimmune paleo, that's awesome. It's probably going to help your autoimmune condition feel better, but is it really addressing and fixing the root of the immune system issue? And so that is where we so often miss the boat is we aren't really focused on the root cause, which is really, truly the immune system. So if you think about it, if the immune system is the, like the master regulator of 
all the other systems, then we should just be immune system experts. We should be really focused on the immune system and understanding it so that we can help more people. So that's what we're going to talk about today. I'm going to explain to you in the simplest way that I can, like how the immune system works. I want you to hopefully be able to picture in your mind what I'm talking about as I'm saying it. But when we talk about the immune system, I think a lot of times we think of it as just like this one entity, right? And we refer to it as like a strong immune system or a weak immune system. And really what we want is a balanced immune system. So there are actually two sides to the immune system. There's the T helper one side, which is also called cell mediated immunity. And I always refer to it as the killer part of the immune system. And then there's the T helper two cells, which we also refer to as humoral immunity. And I refer to this side of the immune system as the antibody response. And so when we are healthy, our immune systems are balanced and we respond, both sides of the immune system are responding in a balanced way. So for instance, you come in contact with a pathogen, you fight it off, and then TH2 remembers what TH1 killer response did so that next time it sees it, it knows exactly what to do and how to respond to it better. And so they work together in harmony. The issue becomes when those two sides of the immune system become imbalanced. And when they become imbalanced, it explains almost any health condition that you can imagine. So let's first talk about the TH2 side. So when we see imbalances, what we're seeing is an elevated, hyperstimulated TH2 antibody response. And then we're seeing this suppression and a weakening of the TH1 killer response. So when you think about the TH2 side, its whole job is to form a memory of the things that it's come in contact with in the past so that when it sees it in the future, it knows how to respond. So its whole job is to like identify the enemy. So if it's hyperstimulated and overstimulated, then it thinks everything is the enemy. It thinks your environment is the enemy. It thinks that your own body is the enemy. It thinks that the foods that you eat are the enemy. It thinks everything's the enemy. And so when TH2 is overstimulated, what the outcome of that is, is autoimmunity, it's allergic responses, and it is inflammatory responses. And so just those three things alone can really kind of be at the root of so many things, right? Inflammatory responses, when you think about autoimmune responses, and when you think about allergic responses, that's like a huge chunk of what a lot of people are coming in to see me for, those three things. Now, at the same time, when the immune system is over-responding on one side, it's also under-responding on the other side. So the killer side, the Th1 cell-mediated side, is suppressed. And when that happens, it leaves your body defenseless against pathogens that it's already come in contact with. And it leaves you susceptible to reactivated infections. So the best example that I can give people of what I'm talking about that they can relate to and make sense to them is like chicken pox and shingles. So you could have gotten chicken pox when you were like five years old. And the virus that's responsible for that is varicella zoster. It's a herpes in the herpes category. And once you get chicken pox, that virus is always in your body. It's always there. But for most people, it's dormant because the immune system killed it. 
or I should say it went through the symptoms of it and then it brought it dormant. TH2 built a memory and an antibody response to it. And then it's in the body, but it's living there in harmony and it's dormant. And your immune system is just living there in harmony with the virus and it's just dealing with it. So in some people though, we will see shingles happen later in life. Or in fact, I mean, it could happen really at at any point, but oftentimes, you know, we'll see it as we get older and something happens and oftentimes stress is a trigger. And we'll talk about why that is, but stress will actually dysregulate the immune system. When you're thinking about the things that cause the immune system to shift, stress is certainly one of those things. And so that's why we see stress as a precursor to so many things. So then what happens is this person goes through a stressful event and then all of a sudden they have shingles and shingles is literally just the reactivated chronic form of the chicken pox that they had when they were five years old. And and maybe it's happening 50 years later and it's just a chronic reactivated form of a past infection they had a really long time ago. And so that's something that really in conventional medicine, people recognize that, right? They can look at you and instantly tell just by looking at you it, that shingles, you have shingles because there's a classic way that it presents. They know exactly what it looks like. And so they can very easily identify that pathogen when it reactivates. What is less known is the fact that any pathogen that we've ever come in contact with and throughout our entire life has the ability to reactivate and cause a chronic issue. And this is where we end up seeing these things are at the root of so many of the conditions and symptoms that we, you know, think are are totally separate. So for instance, you know, again, if we're talking about my own health journey, because I I can easily refer to that, Epstein-Barr virus, I had mono when I was in junior high. And so the viruses that can cause mono are either Epstein-Barr virus or cytomegalovirus. And for me, after I did testing, I was able to confirm that it was, it was actually Epstein-Barr virus that was uh, the cause of my mono. And that ended up after a few triggering events that weakened my immune system, that virus became reactivated and caused these chronic issues for me. But again, if I'd you know, been going to doctors, I would have been told, I don't know, everything looks fine. Your blood work looks good. Like I can't, your thyroid, you know, everything looks okay. So I can't really tell you what's wrong with you. Yet I had horrible fatigue and I had brain fog and I was getting ear infections that weren't ear infections, but they felt like ear infections. And I was having extreme bouts of dizziness and I was having, you know, all of these symptoms that, you know, I was having liver pain and all of these things that nobody could really explain. Yet there was clearly an explanation. It had to do with a chronic infection. So the thing is, is that every pathogen has this classic symptomatic presentation that occurs when it reactivates. And just like you can look at shingles and say, that's shingles. After I talk to somebody for five minutes, I can typically identify what their chronic reactivated infections are. Because when you talk about a person's health history and they say, oh, I had mono or, oh, I grew up in Virginia. I was around ticks all the time. Or, oh, you know, I used to get strep all the time as a kid. Those types of things give you clues, but then a person's symptoms also give you clues. And so that's why we spend a ton of time going through each and every individual symptom, because it gives me a better understanding of where we need to look more closely. So again, just to kind of recap about the immune system and immune system dysregulation and how that really truly is what ends up being responsible for so many conditions. If you think about 
the fact that on one side of the immune system, when it's overstimulated, that is what's going to cause allergic responses, you know, whether that be eczema or food allergies or environmental allergies, chronic sinusitis, you know, hives, skin problems, any sort of allergic response, autoimmune responses. So again, any sort of autoimmune response and then inflammatory responses, which is at the root of so many things, whether it be heart conditions, high cholesterol, metabolic issues, hormone issues, and the end, it's an inflammatory response that is being driven by an overstimulated TH2 immune system. So just that explains so much. But at the same time, typically a person's also experiencing the symptoms from the other side of the immune system being suppressed, right? So when the TH1 killer immune system is suppressed, and its whole job is to fight off infections and viruses and bacteria and cancer, when that's suppressed, well, then the things that you can see from that are number one, being that 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 is the side of the immune system fighting cancer, if it's suppressed, it's going to leave you susceptible to cancer, but it's also leaving you susceptible to reactivated pathogens. And so then people, any pathogen that they've been exposed to in their past, and again, these pathogens are more common than you think. Even if nobody's ever told you you had mono, even if nobody's ever told you you had strep throat, there's such common pathogens that oftentimes people have come in contact with them, maybe not had a full-blown acute case of it, but yet the pathogen is still in the body. And then later in life, it reactivates and causes chronic issues. So we have people coming in with allergic responses, autoimmune responses, inflammatory responses, And then they're experiencing the symptoms also from the pathogens that have reactivated, like the EBV and the Lyme and the strep. And so they've got all of these things going on and all of these symptoms going on. And it's all because the immune system is imbalanced. And so I wanted to take you through kind of like a patient case, just like, so you get a better understanding of what I'm talking about. This is somebody who recently came in, one of those cases where you're just like, could it be any easier? Like, this is so clear cut, you know, in five minutes, I know exactly what's going on, just glancing through our paperwork. And so I want to kind of just take you through my thought process when I'm talking to somebody with what's going on. So this is somebody who came in, she's in her fifties, really sweet lady, right? And she's been struggling with autoimmune conditions for a really long time. She's been diagnosed with two and they're kind of like borderline on diagnosing her with two more. And nobody can tell her why, nobody can tell her what's causing this cascade of like autoimmune reactions. She's definitely very symptomatic, has a lot of different things going on affecting her quality of life. But what she was most concerned with, even beyond like the actual symptoms, she just, she wanted to know, she's like, nobody can tell me why. Nobody can tell me why all this autoimmunity is happening. How do I stop it? You know, give me an explanation. So then I start going through her health timeline and we start talking about symptoms. And this is the story that she told me. So her mom, first of all, had some autoimmune issues. And then when she was born, she was sick a lot as a a child and just, you know, ear infections, just remembers being sick a lot on antibiotics very frequently. And then she remembers as a freshman in high school, she had mono and she was like out for two months didn't feel well. They gave her, you know, some medications that didn't make her feel well. And then a few months later, and again, most people can't like exactly remember the timing of of everything. And that's totally fine. It's just kind of like a general timeline is all I need. But she knew that at some point after she got mono, 
she then was diagnosed with Guillain-Barre syndrome. And so if you don't know what that is, it is essentially, it's a disorder where your body's immune system attacks your nerves. And then what happens is you start getting symptoms of weakness and tingling and like your extremities. And eventually for a lot of people, it leads to paralysis of your entire body. And a lot of times I'd first heard about Guillain-Barre because it is something that even on like vaccine manufacturer inserts, it is listed as something that can happen, like as a side effect from vaccination. But Guillain-Barre, right, there's other things that certainly can trigger it too. And this, so this woman, a few months after getting mono, she ended up being diagnosed with Guillain-Barre and she was literally paralyzed for a couple of months. She had to go through rehab. They put her on all kinds of steroids. She remembers she gained like 40 pounds. She went back to school. Nobody could recognize her. Eventually she regained function of everything, but nobody could ever tell her why or what happened. She then went on to get married and start having babies. She was able to have one child, but then after that suffered from multiple miscarriages. She then started noticing that her health was declining. Like she remembered getting episode and bout after bout of streptococcus. She recalls like, you know, five to six times as an adult where she got these really bad cases of strep throat. And then she started having symptoms, certain symptoms, and was eventually diagnosed with Sjogren's, with Graves' disease. They are borderline on trying to diagnose her with lupus and autoimmune hepatitis. And nobody can really tell her right at this point why this has happened to her and why she has the symptoms that she has. So the symptoms that she is dealing with and struggling with, really bad brain fog, really bad memory issues. She has a lot of difficulty with memory recall, focus and attention, fatigue, just chronically fatigue. She has some pain issues that really affect her. And specifically, she was most concerned about low back pain and heel pain. She said it's so bad that sometimes she can't, she very rarely will cook dinner for her family because it's so painful to stand on her feet for so long. She started having ocular migraines. She would get bouts of blurry vision and see floaters in her eyes. She was struggling with temperature dysregulation and very often would get drenching night sweats at night. She started having episodes of panic attacks and chest pain and heart palpitations. And oftentimes these episodes would lead her to the ER where they would then do all the diagnostic testing and not find anything wrong. She started seeing elevated liver enzymes consistently in her blood work. And again, nobody could tell her why the liver enzymes were so high. She said her whole life, she'd had this like bruising, really sensitive pain on the insides of her knees to the point that everybody in her family knew never touch her anywhere close to her knees because it's so painful. She had TMJ and teeth grinding, would oftentimes struggle with severe calf cramps and toe cramps at night. She was having recurrent UTIs all the time, at least once a month. And yet when she would go to get like diagnosed, they could never actually diagnose her with a UTI, yet she was having UTI symptoms. She was getting repeated bouts of bronchitis. She had a lot of neck pain and tension, specifically right in the occipital lobe. There was tons of pain right at the base of her occipital lobe. And then other things that she wasn't necessarily concerned about that I pulled out of her were that she had varicose veins, that every morning she would wake up with tons of crust in her eyes in the morning, and that she 
very frequently struggled with cold sores and canker sores in her mouth and on her mouth. So just from that bit of information, that information allowed me to really identify about seven different chronic infections that she was struggling with. And so I'll walk you through why that is. So number one, clearly one of the first triggering events was the fact that the mom was suffering from autoimmunity, right? We end up passing on a lot of our immune system balance to our kids. We actually pass on chronic infections to our kids. And so I do see a correlation very often to moms who maybe were struggling with autoimmunity or struggling with health issues. And then the child or ends up also struggling with similar issues. And then she was sick a lot of as a child and got antibiotics, which is one of the, the things that can trigger and shift the immune system. And then she got mono. And that was a huge triggering event and precursor, the Epstein-Barr virus or the cytomegalovirus, whichever one, any sort of acute virus has the ability to shift the immune system and mono in particular, EBV and CMV can really be a commonly reactivated pathogen that just people end up struggling from that point forward. So interestingly enough, the Guillain-Barre happened shortly after the mono. And Guillain-Barre is even through research is known to be connected to Epstein-Barr virus and cytomegalovirus. It's a viral infection that ends up shifting the immune system to cause it to attack the nerves. So EBV and CMV are very much connected and typically at the root of Guillain-Barre. It's a symptom of reactivated EBV CMV. She then struggled with multiple miscarriages. And one thing that people, again, don't always connect the dots to. So pregnancy is one of those other triggering events that very often can shift the immune system. Very often, it always shifts the immune system because in pregnancy, your immune system shifts so that the killer part of the immune system won't kill the baby. So, so often pregnancy ends up being a triggering event for people. And that, that's what happened to me as well. They go through pregnancy and in the pregnancy, typically they're already going in, not in a great state of health. And then pregnancy shifts the immune system and they never recover. And from that point forward, now they've got all these autoimmune issues and they never quite feel the same or as well. And it's because the immune system shifted. So the other thing that can happen is especially if the immune system is shifted, we can see issues with miscarriage and an inability to hold the pregnancy. Because again, the immune system, if the killer part of the immune system isn't responding properly, then that's essentially what's happening with a mis- miscarriage is the immune system isn't allowing the pregnancy to thrive. And so the multiple miscarriages was just another sign of immune system dysfunction. She then started getting reoccurring bouts of streptococcus. So again, so far, just based on what we've talked about at this point, I know that I need to look for Epstein-Barr virus. I need to look for cytomegalovirus. I need to look for streptococcus. So the symptoms that she presented with, the symptoms that I most commonly see with EBV and CMV in particular any sort of a thyroid issue, especially autoimmune thyroid, Hashimoto's and Graves are almost always connected to reactivated Epstein-Barr virus. That is one of the biggest root causes of Hashis and Graves is Epstein-Barr virus. This is supported through a lot of science and research that EBV is at the root and the trigger. With Epstein-Barr virus, again, common symptoms that you're going to have are horrible fatigue and horrible brain fog. Again, if you remember my last podcast, the symptoms I had, just debilitating fatigue and brain fog. But then there's also like classic symptoms that maybe 
aren't as common, but are always like, let me know that this is another part of what we're dealing with. So I know for me, I always had this pain, this tension at the base of my occipital lobe. And I would always get adjusted to try to help it. And it never helped. But I've learned that this is a classic symptom. Whenever somebody says this nagging, horrible pain at the base of my occipital lobe, it's like a classic Epstein-Barr symptom. So she, she had other symptoms too, though. So low back pain, heel pain, ocular migraines, blurry vision, TMJ, calf cramps, toe cramps, UTIs, floaters in the eyes, heart palpitations. These are all things that I see with Lyme and Bartonella. So Lyme, I'm talking about Lyme disease again, and Lyme never is by itself. It always travels with co-infections. And Bartonella is a really, really common co-infection of Lyme. In fact, I almost never see them not together, just always together, Lyme, Babesia, and Bartonella. So the classic symptoms that always tell me that an issue is Bartonella, very classically, heel pain, low back pain. We're also going to see anything affecting veins, any sort of like a hypertension thing, because that's what Bartonella will do. It can affect veins. So varicose veins, ocular migraines, very, very classic symptoms of Bartonella. With Lyme, Lyme causes a little bit different symptoms. The things and classically that I'll see with Lyme are things like floaters. I'll see the bouts of blurry vision. I'll see temperature dysregulation, heart palpitations, TMJ, you know, Lyme's going to cause any sort of muscle pain. She would always talk about the pain on the inside of her knees. These are all really, really classic Lyme symptoms. One thing that I'll always ask people is like, do you ever get calf cramps? Do you ever get toe cramps? Is there any issue ever on the bottoms of your feet? And if they say yes, again, those are just classic, classic symptoms of Lyme and Bartonella. Again, UTIs, I see this all the time. Lyme will attack the urinary system. And so you'll have symptoms of UTI, but it's not actually a UTI because it's Lyme. Bronchitis, she had reoccurring bouts of bronchitis, and that's always mycoplasma or typically mycoplasma pneumoniae. So there's another thought process that we need to look at mycoplasma. And then when she mentioned cold sores, I knew HSV1 was going to be a factor and canker sores of course, is streptococcus. And she, you know, had confirmed that recurring strep had been an issue for her throughout her life as well. So literally every single symptom diagnosis can be tied back to these chronic infections. And so this is where, right? It's then, then we test and we confirm and they come back high and then we treat them. And within, you know, a few months, not only do the symptoms of the actual, you know, pathogens themselves get better, but also the overall immune system dysregulation. The type of therapy that I use, it's stimulating the immune system that has weakened to train it to bring tolerance back to the pathogens and just seeing the amazing results with patients. So this is an example of where somebody comes in, right? They've been to everybody you can think of, all kinds of specialists. And then within a few minutes of going through a health timeline and talking about symptoms, it's pretty clear cut, you know, what we need to test for and, and eventually treat. So when I say, you know, again, going back to the title of the podcast, what is really wrong with me? The answer is it's your immune system that, although I can't tell you the specifics exactly, right, without talking to somebody, but the answer is it's the immune system because anything that you're dealing with is going to fall into the category of either allergic response, autoimmune response, inflammatory response, or 
you're going to have very specific symptoms or a diagnosis that is classically connected to the pathogen. So just to give you a few more examples. So just like EBV is classically at the root of especially autoimmune thyroid issues, mycoplasma is what I see at the root of RA. And fibromyalgia is, again, typically what I see with EBV. And when we're dealing with things like SIBO or GI issues, a lot of times that's a streptococcus issue. So really, it's all connected back to pathogens or immune dysregulation. And so then the question becomes exactly what pathogens. And that's where your timeline tells me this story. And so this is going to be what we focus on throughout the course of this podcast. There's so much to tell you, right? I plan to dig into every single pathogen to give you specifics on what it looks like when it is reactivated. With Lyme in particular, that's such a tricky one to test for. So with Lyme, you can't even always rely on testing. With a lot of the other pathogens, you can, but with Lyme, it's really hard. We'll talk about why that is. Most people think Lyme is just a tick illness. It's not. Lyme is very common, and there's so many ways that you can be exposed to Lyme other than ticks. So there's a lot to talk about, but that's kind of a taste of what's to come. I first wanted to make sure that we really covered just kind of the foundation of root cause. What's the deepest root cause? Because so often we symptom manage, and really in the end, the deepest root cause for most people, it's going to be the immune system. So thank you guys for joining me and tuning in today. I am looking forward to getting back with you with episode three, where we're really going to be focused on the triggering events that lead to immune system dysregulation. So whereas today we really focused on the immune system and what it looks like when it's dysregulated, what are the things that we can see on the next episode, I'm going to focus more specifically on the triggering events that lead to the immune system dysregulation. There's always these specific things that I end up seeing as the root and the root cause, uh, a precursor to a person's health decline. And it's such an important thing to know about and to talk about, especially with the health issues of our time right now. For the last year and a half, we've been definitely dealing with some immune system triggers. And so one of the things that we'll talk about are how acute viruses can lead to the dysregulation which is why we're seeing a lot of post-COVID issues. So we're really going to dig into what is this? What is post-COVID? Why is it happening? You know, I'm going to talk about some of the things that I'm seeing, how I'm helping my patients and why it's happening. So I look forward to bringing that information to you next time. Thank you so much. Thank you for listening to this episode of Functional Medicine Unfiltered Podcast please leave us a rating and review on your favorite podcast platform so we can continue helping you thrive. For information on how Dr. Stanga can help you with your own health issues, please visit us at www.drstanga.com to learn more.